Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Hello, listeners. Thank you so much for joining us today, which is February 11th, 2016. We're going to have a really great show for you today, especially for those of our listeners who are pregnant or or they plan on becoming pregnant, because you're going to learn how to be fit as a pregnant person, as well as how to look and feel really good and be really healthy. We have with us an excellent, excellent guest. Her name is Helene Byrne, and she is an expert in our subject matter. She's the founder of a company called BeFit Mom, and she's also the publisher of an award-winning DVD called Bounce Back Fast, Postnatal Core Conditioning. And she has an acclaimed book out called Exercise After Pregnancy, How to Look and Feel Your Best, which is now in its second edition. So let's bring... Helene, onto our show now. Hello there, and thank you for taking such great time out of your busy day. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. It's it's a topic I love to speak on and share with women. Excellent. Well, you know, our show is, is basically premised under the fact that I love our guests to do most of the talking because you're the one who's going to be teaching. So... Let's begin by, I I like to ask my guest, how did you get on the path that you're on today? Well, you know, it's an interesting story. When I was younger, um, I was a dancer, Um, and that was kind of my passion. And then um, I quickly found out that you could earn a lot more money teaching a fitness class than you could a dance class. (laughs) Um, So kind of to support my dancing, I started teaching fitness classes, and I had kind of a foot in each one of those worlds for a while. Um, And then I had a baby, and I discovered that pretty much everything that the fitness industry was telling women was basically wrong. (laughs) And, Ah. um, And so I was able to use my background that was dance, Pilates, yoga, traditional fitness, and really pull all of those worlds together. Um, and that's how I came up with um, the information in my book and my DVD on how to really rebuild the abdominal wall, rebuild core strength, realign the spine, and most importantly, and this is the one that we don't really know about after you've had a baby, but reestablishing functional stability. So those are all the big keys. Um, so whatever you do after you've had a baby, you don't want to do a crunch. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about what women should do while they're pregnant, and then we can get into right. what they do afterwards. Right. Well, you know, fitness during pregnancy offers so many benefits to both mom and baby. When you're fit during pregnancy, you have you build a bigger placenta. And when you build a bigger placenta and you work out, essentially your baby kind of works out with you. And so babies born to fit moms start out in life with a stronger stronger cardiovascular system. They're also leaner, not smaller body weight necessarily, but leaner, and are more likely to grow up into lean, fit adults. And here's the big one. 
Babies born to fit moms have more neural development, so they're actually smarter. So by just engaging in regular, moderate-level exercise, we're not talking about having to go out and becoming a runner here. Moderate-level exercise regularly done before, during pregnancy, you can have a baby that is healthier, stronger, smarter right from birth. And talk about a head start in life, right? Everybody well, wants to have that baby. You know, it's really interesting because I was really um, fit before I became pregnant. And right up to the seventh month, I was doing weightlifting and mm-hmm. walking and um, things like um, bicycling. And mm-hmm. because I was muscular and my uh, the baby's father was muscular, it was really fascinating because when our, our, our boy was born, he had little like Popeye muscles on him. Yeah. And uh-huh. and right. I was just so I was so astounded by it, but I had read that that was possible for it mm-hmm. to actually actually um affect affect our baby. And when he was born, I remember my mom said to me, "This is not a baby." <laughs> because he, <laughs> he he was like 6 months um he was right, in you six got a little month baby there. Club. Yes, he was in a 6 right. month baby. Exactly. Club. Now, and he was so alert that yes. he was a real challenge on a day-to-day basis to keep him um, satisfied. Right, yes. And, you know, babies who are born with um, more advanced neurological development are actually babies Then they sleep better, they tend to have better gut health, and because mom is fit, that means her immune system is stronger and then as we breastfeed, we're just passing on that super strong immune system to baby. So we're setting up their immune system super strong. So those are how baby benefits, but mom really benefits too. When, fit, when you stay fit or get fit during pregnancy, you have higher energy levels, you have a lot less back pain, you have a quicker postpartum recovery, you have less anxiety, you sleep better, and a lot of the really uh, dangerous things in pregnancy, like gestational diabetes or preeclampsia, your risk factors for all of those things go way down. Your risk factor for needing a C-section goes way down, and fit people have a better pain tolerance. So we have more endurance strength in our bodies, and that's what labor is. Labor is an endurance event. So you're just really better is. prepared for labor. <laughs> Probably one of the biggest endurance events you'll ever have in your lifetime. Yeah, right. Though I will say that some women who do a whole lot of cardiovascular exercise during pregnancy, a, subs- a subgroup of those women have really fast labors. So if you're a fit mom listening to this and you're like, oh, yeah, I work out five days a week, I'm still going mm-hmm. strong, well, be prepared for a fast labor. It doesn't guarantee it, but mm-hmm. those of us that have had fast labors, we're pretty much all in that high fitness group. Why do you suppose that is? You know, that's a really interesting question. And I don't have an answer for that, but I just know that it is it is statistically true. Huh. Yeah. Maybe because your um your muscles and your neurological system are at their peak. It could it could be. It could be just you are efficient. Your body is more mm-hmm. efficient. Mhm. It doesn't go into in total shock. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> During labor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, what is happening to me? Right. You know, so we're talking about all these great benefits Uh that Uh you can get and your baby can get. And so what does it take to reap those benefits? Well, we can measure benefits with just walking for 30 minutes on most days of the week. So you don't have to be uber fit 
or going to the gym every day to get these benefits. So what we're really talking about is the accumulation of Mm -hmm. 120 minutes per week of moderate level, just walking. Walking is a very good exercise. For 120 minutes. So this is something that every woman can do, and Mm -hmm. every woman can figure out how to get those 120 minutes. And the great thing about that is that you don't have to find 30 minutes all at the same time on the same day. Okay. You can do 15 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes after work, and that works too. So it's not necessary to make those exercise minutes sequential. Well, you know, it's it's really great because we have – we have our, our cell phones now that have apps that can actually mm-hmm. track how many steps you've taken and track right. how many minutes. It's so easy to track now. You can use your cell phone. You can use a Fitbit. Um, the Apple Watches are very accurate, too. So there mm-hmm. are all sorts of ways now for you to just figure out, did I get my 120 minutes per week? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. ACOG, which is the Congress, American Congress of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, just came out with updated recommendations, uh, and that is still in place, and that is a minimum. So everybody, even if you're sedentary, start aiming for that minimum. And also, for the first time, they've now come out and said that basic strength training with modifications as pregnancy advances is safe and offers a lot of benefits. So they've now put strength training on the table, too. So this is great. Now, what's the definition of that? Oh, it's, you know, when you're working um, your body against resistance. Okay. Whether it's free weights or whether you're going to the gym and working on machines or maybe you're at home and you've got some fitness bands or tubing. Mm -hmm. Um, or even some some body weight exercises like squats mm-hmm. um, are enough to build muscle. So we're talking about exercises that build muscle strength. Well, like I said, I I was doing it up till I was seven months seven months pregnant. Then I was too tired to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it does get fatiguing. And you know that's an interesting thing is what happens in late in pregnancy your baby starts growing rapidly. And that means her need for oxygen and nutrients is always on this increase. Mm -hmm. So mom might go to the gym and go, wow, my normal workout felt so hard today. I'm so out of shape or I'm feeling (laughs) so out of shape. And, you know, it's not that. But what you're feeling is that baby who always gets first dibs, by the way, in (laughs) in everything, in all of our bodies. Baby comes first, mom comes second. Baby's taking more oxygen and more glucose energy from you, so you don't have proportionally as much. And so that's why your level of perceived exertion, especially in third trimester, rises for any given activity. So what you want to do about that is you want to keep moving, if at all possible, but what mom does is just start tapering down the intensity of her exercise. So at the very end, it might be like, you know, walking flat for 20 minutes. Yeah, that felt slightly moderate to me. Yeah, that's slightly difficult. Mm -hmm. And that is your appropriate level is the perceived exertion of what is called slightly difficult. And no matter what your fitness level, what exercises you like to do, if you stay within that zone, you're working in a healthy place for your body. That's really good information, really good. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about strength training, and I want to talk about the miracle muscle in pregnancy. And that is your deepest abdominal muscle. It's called your transverse abdominus 
or sometimes in the fitness industry, we just call it the TVA. Okay. Now, this muscle is responsible for what's called abdominal compression. So when you contract this muscle, it shrink wraps your belly. This muscle does not move bone. And when you think about it for a second, most of the abdominal exercises that we do, we do crunches, we do bicycle, we do oblique pulses and all these kinds of exercises, all of those muscles work the external layers. Well, during pregnancy, we want to keep that deep internal layer. A lot of us call it our body's internal corset or internal Mm -hmm. girdle. We want to keep that muscle strong because when that muscle is strong, then we support our lower back, and it is the key to avoiding back pain, avoiding what's called dynamic instability and pelvic instability, and also the coolest thing of all, strength in this muscle prevents diastasis recti. And that is also known as abdominal separation. That's where your midline tissue gets too wide and too thin. And so that's the miracle muscle. And so you want to be doing simple abdominal compressions and abdominal compressions with pelvic tilt all the time in in every one of your fitness workouts during pregnancy. Um, and you can see how to work that muscle on my website, which is befitmom.com. And if you go to my website and click on the pregnancy side, you'll see an article called Diastasis Recti, also known as Abdominal Separation. And there you can view special video demos of how to strengthen that muscle and prevent these conditions from happening in your body. That's great. That's really great. Um, I encourage all our listeners to go to her website, befitmom.com, and um, look up that that information. Yeah. As a matter of fact, now, everything we'll, we're talking about today, uh-huh. you can find in more detail on my website. So don't worry you know, if I say something that goes by and, oh, that's really interesting, but you don't remember it, pretty much everything and more you can find on the website. Oh, that, that's that's really great. So let's talk about what are the benefits of controlling uh, prenatal weight gain. Oh, yeah, really important and probably never has been so important today. Right now, about two-thirds of women enter pregnancy either overweight or obese. And we're now seeing the glimmerings of problems um, because babies born to this group of people tend to have weight problems as adults. Um, This group of people also tends to have the most difficulty managing weight gain during pregnancy. And another interesting stat just came out that said found that 68 per 68% of pregnant women don't meet weight gain guidelines. Uh, also because women they exceed who don't them? meet those weight because gain they, guidelines because they exceed them gain too much. But what's really scary is Chinese, that we have quiet. a subset of women who don't gain enough. So what do you think that percentage is? It's 12.5. Okay. Right. So we have this kind of dichotomy going on right now where it's really hard to gain the correct amount. Um, and it has to do, there's a lot of misconceptions about prenatal weight gain, and about eating during pregnancy. But here's how to do it, and it's to find your Goldilocks target. Not eating too much, not eating too little, eating just right for your 
individual body. Um, and I have an app. It's in beta testing right now called Perfect Pregnancy Pounds. Of course, like a lot of things, it was supposed to be ready by now, but you keep looking at it. Oh, there's a bug. There's a bug. We're fixing it. It should be published in just a matter of a few weeks now. And this app, you put in your height, your weight, your age, your week of gestation, or your if you're postpartum. How did you be quiet? And what it does is it calculates your perfect number. So you can use that as a guide. And, oh, you know, this person over here, her number might be, you know, 21, 25 calories per day. Oh, but this person who exercises a lot more and maybe is bigger, well, maybe her metabolic balance point is 2,300 calories. So that is really the key, is to Mm -hmm. knowing what your metabolism actually is. Sure. And when you know that magic number, that's your Goldilocks number, and you eat that, you will not overgain and you will not undergain. Well, that's wonderful. So you'll know exactly how many calories you need to take in. Exactly. Because I think now, where it gets really confusing is once you've had had your baby and, let's it, say, you're, breast, yes. you're breastfeeding. I think that's yes. one of the also really, um, it's a very big challenge to try to figure out how many calories you need to be um, eating to support, and, to support yeah, it. And I'll tell you, honestly, writing that algorithm was a really big challenge. <laughs> <laughs> but I bet it was. We've, we have figured it out. We've taken the um, range of breastfeeding because an infant does not take in nearly as much milk as a six-month-old baby. And then as babies get older and they start to eat solids, then milk intake goes down. So we've we've created an algorithm that balances that fluctuation of milk production with mom's goals of losing weight, and we have come up with that perfect number, too. And you know that what? is the that number is that really you want to calculate week by week when you're postpartum. That That is going to be the most amazing app. Congratulations. It is amazing. It, it's very complicated, and I have to say, I I knew all the theory and all the concepts that I wanted to be put into it. But I'm lucky enough, I happen to be married to a scientist. And oh, my goodness. <laughs> he was the one that actually wrote the algorithms, and then we modified the algorithms to make them work correctly. So I was very lucky in that I have basically a, little, a math genius in the house with me. <laughs> you sure do. <laughs> yeah, right. So, you know, quantity is an is an absolutely important benchmark, but so is quality. You just, you know, you can go out to McDonald's every day and eat exactly the right amount, but that's not going to give your baby the nourishment or your body the nourishment that you both need. So during pregnancy, you want to eat the highest quality diet that you have access to. And that means whole grains, legumes, fresh vegetables and fruits in the entire rainbow spectrum of colors, lean protein sources, and low-fat dairy. Right now, we're in this really weird position where everybody thinks that carbs are the enemy. And a low-carb diet is not appropriate during pregnancy. When you're pregnant, your body runs two separate energy systems. Mom's normal system, which is glycogen-based, is gets used to fuel baby and placenta. Now, we make glycogen through 
our intake of carbohydrates. So it's very important to eat carbohydrates during pregnancy. Now, that doesn't mean you want to be reaching for donuts or white bread or white rice. You want to be reaching for whole grains. Legumes, high carbohydrate, yes, but full of fiber, and it's the good kind of carbohydrate, and they're also a great source of protein. So you want to eat carbohydrates during pregnancy. So it's real important right now this, you know, and and everybody's scared of gluten, you know, and, you know, when you look at gluten per se, where did it come from? Way, 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 way back in the very beginning of human agriculture, you know, the cradle of civilization between the Tigris and Euphrates River. We're going way, way back into our ancient, you know, history class. That's how long we have been eating gluten. Now, are some people get to the point where for, they get celiac disease and they cannot digest gluten? Absolutely, sure. But the vast, the vast amount of humans digest gluten. So we can kind of take that fear off the table. Um, And the other thing you want to do when you eat during pregnancy is you want to make sure that every single meal you eat some complex carbs, some lean protein, and also some of what we call the good fats. Good fats are found from vegetables, olive oil, canola oil, Nuts, avocado. You want nuts and avocado to be part of your pregnancy diet. They're really healthy, and you want those healthy fats in your diet. You want to make sure that, for instance, like for breakfast, that you just don't grab a muffin and coffee or something. Because if you eat something like that that has a lot of refined carbohydrates plus sugar, that's going to make your blood sugar spike. That, in turn, makes your body pump out all this insulin to regulate your blood sugar, and it takes those sugars out of your bloodstream where those extra calories are stored as fat. Then your blood blood sugar tanks. When that happens, you feel really tired, and really hungry. And it doesn't matter. You could have eaten 600 calories worth of muffin, but you will be starving because your blood sugar has tanked. So during pregnancy, you want to eat from every food group at every meal and snack, and you want to pace your calories out. So you want to have a moderate-sized breakfast, small snack if you need it, moderate-sized lunch, small snack in the afternoon if you need one, and then a moderate dinner. And by pacing out your calories, then you're going to have, you're going to moderate your blood sugar and you won't get cravings. Cravings are oftentimes manufactured by, unintentionally, by the way we eat. That's pretty interesting. You there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, great. I thought maybe we we lost our connection there for a minute. Yeah, you sounded a little bit far away for a few seconds there. Okay. (laughs) So what fitness activities are not safe during pregnancy? Uh, Great question, because there are some. And... Some of it is, yeah, you would think, you know, high-risk activities, scuba diving, river rafting, horseback riding, skiing. Skiing, even if you are an experienced skier, you don't want to be out on the slopes because you're surrounded by inexperienced skiers or snowboarders who could just you know, crash into you. You don't want to do any activity 
where you could take a hard fall or where you could sustain a hard blow to the belly. So that means a lot of competitive sports are out. You know, things like rock climbing, mountain biking, those kinds of extreme sports should not be done. Yeah, well, um, that makes sense. It really does. Yeah. Now, there's a few others that are less uh, well-known. And one is uh, you want to make sure that if you if you live in a place where, like where I live in California, where you can be at sea level and drive mm-hmm. a couple of hours and get up to 8,000 feet yeah. up into the mountains, well, pregnant women, you don't want to do that. If you want to go up into the mountains, you need time to acclimate. Okay. So that's an important one to recognize. And then here's a few others that we don't really know about. Once you're past probably about 16, 20 weeks, you don't want to do any exercise that is on your back and is like a crunch where you're lifting and you're flexing your upper body. So hmm. that act because that actually when you do that physical action, it presses your bump away from your spine and it pushes it pushes against your midline tissue and that's one of the direct causes of abdominal separation. So no crunches and also no twisting. So that's when you don't want to do obliques anymore. If you're a gym person, you don't want to be doing uh, kettlebell circles or you don't want to be doing cable exercises where you go from a low diagonal twist up to a high diagonal twist. So you want to avoid twisting. And that is true in yoga too. When you're pregnant in yoga, you want to stop twists. And there's another really dangerous yoga move, a few of them, is you don't want to do any of the lotus-type seated positions because that puts the outside of your ankle, in what, your foot, in what's called a sickled position. And when you have the hormones of pregnancy cruising through your body, mm-hmm. your ligaments lengthen and relax, and that stretches way too much your lateral ligaments, your side ligaments, of your feet. So no lotus type sitting. And here's the other really important one. No belly breathing. So I'm going to define belly breathing, yoga belly mm-hmm. breathing as the forceful, intentional expansion of the belly during inhalation. Now, I love yoga. I do a lot of yoga myself, and I understand the need for deep breathing, but for our purposes, during pregnancy, we need to do what's called diaphragmatic breathing, where the diaphragm lowers and the rib cage expands. The belly moves a little bit, but it only moves in response to the diaphragm lowering which is really different than you see in a lot of yoga practices, this really ballooning Mm -hmm. of the belly out. Not only does that strain midline tissue, but that pressure, that ballooning, puts stretching forces on both the uterine and bladder ligaments. And when those get too stretched out, then we have serious problems like bladder prolapse or uterine prolapse after pregnancy. So a few key yoga moves you just don't want to do during pregnancy. Well, uh, listeners, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Helene Byrne, and um, we're discussing how to be fit during pregnancy Now we're going to get into what you do once you've had your baby and you want to get back into shape. 
So let's yeah. talk about that. Yeah. A lot of first-time moms are just shocked. Just shocked. Mm-hmm. You know, because right after you have a baby and you don't have that baby pushing out, your abdominal muscles, they don't even feel like muscle. It feels like pudding is under there, you know. So <laughs> it is. It is shocking. And, and, you know, for most of us, the pelvic floor doesn't function very well at all. So it can be, and you try to start to exercise and things aren't working well. And it's a complicated situation because after you've had your baby, not only are your abdominal muscles weak, they're also too long. They are lax. Your pelvic floor has probably been pretty traumatized. Maybe you've had a episiotomy and you're dealing with a scar. Your posture has changed because pregnancy alters alignment. And now, because of all the hormones in pregnancy, your ligaments are really long. And ligaments, they're responsible for holding your joints in proper alignment. So what happens is you're, structurally you have changed pretty much on all levels. So you want to very carefully rebuild the abdominal wall. There are some very basic moves like abdominal compressions, diaphragmatic breathing, abdominal compressions with pelvic tilt, and walking that you can start right away as soon as you feel ready. But, you know, birth is a big deal. It takes a lot out of us. So we need a recovery period. And it's true, even if you are a super fit woman and you are fit all through pregnancy, you will need a recovery period. You'll bounce back, but you don't want, for instance, to get back into running and to think, oh, wow, okay, I'm six weeks postpartum and I'm going to go out for a run. Oh, boy. People do, (laughs) because your ligaments are really loose. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to do any high-impact exercise. Um, there's a special series of stability exercises to re uh, get your body stable again, get that transverse abdominis. That's the number one muscle to rehab. So whatever you do, don't start with a crunch <laughs> because that will prevent your abdominal wall from flattening. And that's where your... Uh, award-winning DVD comes comes into right. play, the bounce-back, fast, postnatal core conditioning. It'll take you through all of these steps. Now, you know, I want to touch briefly on C-section because still we have really high rates of C-section. Yes, we do, C-section and I'm glad you're covering this. It's major surgery. There's just no doubt about it. So you need to treat your body gingerly for a full six weeks. And then, even at that point, you want to rehab slow and steady. You don't want to do any movement that causes your abdominal wall to bulge away or to balloon balloon outward. So even something like picking up something heavy, you don't want to do. And that is because, and you want to keep that that preventing of the bulging of the abdominal wall throughout, because what happens is your external stitches, they have a direct blood flow. They heal up pretty quick. But your internal stitches, which is through your fascia layer, not through muscle tissue, but through your fascia, fascia has an indirect blood supply. So even though you might look down and go, oh, yeah, my, my scar is fine. If you get down and you start doing a lot of jock moves, like bicycle, you know, or a lot of crunches, or even a lot of Pilates moves, like the 100 or scissors or whatever, if you see your belly bulging outward, you know that you are straining those deep incisions, and they're not ready for that. So 
real important to, uh, you know, give yourself time to recover, pay attention to how your body moves and what what you are doing. Um, abdominal compressions, I uh, go over how to do them uh, on the C-Recovery page. Great C-Recovery exercise. So is postnatal uh, constructive rest. But let's talk about a complication that nobody talks about, and that is post-C adhesions. Adhesions are a form of scar tissue that happen very commonly after all types of abdominal surgery. And this scar tissue, you can think of it as like little sticky rubber bands that are just kind of laid down like in a jumble inside your mm-hmm. body. Mm-hmm. And those adhesions prevent the normal gliding movement. When you move, your muscles glide against each other um, and nothing is sticking, you know, on your peritoneum, Mm -hmm. your inside fascia layer, and everything's moving fine. But adhesions prevent that. So if you're someone who maybe has had a C and you're still dealing with pain afterwards, you probably have adhesions. The good news is they can be broken up and loosened up with specialized massage. You don't have to suffer with post-surgical C-section pain. Oh, that's pain. great to know. Yeah, and why our doctors don't really deal with this, I'm not, I'm not really sure, but it mm-hmm. is very common. So... <laughs> There are, there's a lot of great information about how you can do this type of um, massage to yourself. It's easier to do if you have a massage therapist who is experienced in this mm-hmm. because that person will be able to go through the layers, the skin layer, the fascia layer, the muscle layers, then your deeper fascia layers, and really break up those adhesions. So. You know, you could be years after pregnancy, uh, C-section, and still have pain. You can get it, oh, that's a shame. Get it fixed with massage. That could be a real shame. It is. And, I, I and suspect, I suspect say, that oh, when yeah. women go to see the doctor, yeah. they probably say, oh, we'll have to just cut out the scar tissue. <laughs> no, they don't, they don't even go to scar tissue. They just say, oh, it'll be a while. It'll be okay. There's oh, nothing wrong with you. All your tests come back fine. Okay. You know? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, again, that's really valuable information. Yeah. You know, the other thing about being postpartum that no one ever talks about, everyone has what I call a mommy body. You're a little bit heavier. Your belly is loose and round and soft. Most of us have bigger breasts. You've got the mommy body. Mm-hmm. But I don't want women to think that, oh, my God, this is terrible, or I feel so bad about myself. It's a natural state. Of course. And the most important thing to recognize is it's temporary. <laughs> it's not yeah. permanent. It's, it's a natural, it's a beautiful state. It is. It mm-hmm. is. And, you know, we have we have such a rigidness in our society now about what we accept and don't accept from women's bodies Mm -hmm. and you know what we accept now is so narrow and so rare Mm -hmm. you know it's even rare to find a really fit woman with six-pack abs you know i when i was dancing professionally i can tell you without a doubt i didn't see any professional dancer with six-pack abs (laughs) <laughs> you know, <laughs> hello. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the other thing I think that's really important to recognize, and if you can make this happen, if you have, um, you know, the resources to do this, when you're postpartum, buy a few pieces of clothing that fit and flatter your transitional body. Because it's depressing to be still in pregnancy pants 
Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to wear those when you're par- postpartum. Mm-hmm. And then you're looking at your wardrobe, and you don't fit into anything. Mm-hmm. It's depressing. So <laughs> go out and buy yourself a couple of well-fitting clothes. It does not matter what the size is. Size is a number. It's not a value statement. Because when you dress to fit your physique and you have well-fitting clothes, you're going to look good. <laughs> That's true. You are. You're going to well, look good. And, and when, when you, you look in the mirror and you look good, you're yes. going to feel better about it. There you go. You're going to feel better about yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember, you know, that I couldn't wait to put something that I consider right. normal back on. <laughs> yeah, right. And I didn't and I have, have to say, I didn't have any you know, weight. Here am I, I'm working in the fitness industry, mm-hmm. and I don't think I got completely back into what I would consider my skinny jeans. Oh, no. Until about, about 10 months postpartum. Yes, it took me a year because the, it takes a while for your hips to actually go back. Right. A lot of things are changing. And mm-hmm. and I have to other say that the other thing, too, is that I decided, okay, I'm averaging somewhere about 8 to 10 pounds heavier than I used to be. Mm-hmm. And I decided that's okay. Mm-hmm. That is okay. I don't have to look like some skinny little dancer. I'm a new mom. <laughs> I look like a new mom. You know? <laughs> yeah. Th- because... We all go through that phase. You you cannot avoid it. I'm sure well, there, there you, are a couple of exceptions in the world sure. who somehow get back into their skinny jeans at three months. But let's face it, oh. that, that's not reality. No, no, it really isn't. And I and I think that carrying the extra weight actually helps helps because you really do need an awful lot of energy, and you're burning up mm-hmm. a lot of calories, particularly exactly. if you're breastfeeding, and you're not getting exactly. enough sleep. So you're, you know, the first six months typically you have sleep deprivation along right. with, um, you know, the whole routine. Your whole routine is yeah. all, is all yeah. um, you know, out of kilter. And so. it is a huge, becoming a mom or even if you're welcoming your second or third child into the family, mm-hmm. that's a huge psychological adjustment. Mm-hmm. You know, we've been talking about all the physical changes, but there's a huge psychological component to that too. So there is. when you can give yourself a break and say, yeah, okay, I'll have a mommy body for a while, mm-hmm. that's fine. If you can it's kind of like the least of, of your problems at that expectations, time. You'll be happier. Right? It's the least of your problems. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, I mean, but with my, women, with my you know, we stress born, over our bodies. With my firstborn, I couldn't even figure out, because I had sleep deprivation so bad, how to even pack up everything to yeah. get in the car to go do an errand. And that sounds right. ridiculous, but it really no, is. I remember those days. Yeah. It, because when, you, when you I was so busy and I couldn't get you... anything done and my baby was sleeping 14 hours a day. <laughs> 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 yeah. But yeah. we all go through that. Well, mine That's was always crying, cool. so. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think my biggest message here for moms or for women who are considering becoming pregnant, Mm -hmm. this is a time where we have extra motivation to do better with our own health because maternal health and fetal health are one and the same. And then you have a baby, and if you continue on with better health habits, then you become the role model for your kids to emulate. Our kids are like ducklings. They follow us. Mm-hmm. So what you do matters. And not just what you do for them, but what you do with your own body. So if they see mom going out to yoga class every Saturday or something like that, well, it becomes their norm that, oh, yeah, my mom exercises. And if they see mom eating well, and they see mom with good self-care, then that is what they are most likely to do. So well, you know I'm what? I think 
I think that's just a great way to end our show. We're running out of time. Um, mm-hmm. You've really had some just fabulous, fabulous um, things for, for all of us to think about. And um, I think we've learned a, a great deal f- from you, Helene Byrne. Why don't you tell our listeners where they can purchase your DVD and your books? Right. Um, so you can get them off my website, and it's Be Fit Mom, and I'll spell it out, B as in baby, E F as in fitness, I T, then mom, M O M, Be Fit Mom. So just where you would spell it. So BeFitMom.com. All my products are available on the website. And I really want moms to use my website as a resource. There's so much more information, free, just bookmark it so you can always go back to that. Um, I also, you can can email me and I answer questions from people too. You email me out of the blue with a problem. And guess what? You'll get an answer. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a wonderful time. Take care and continue your wonderful work. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. All right, listeners, thank you for uh, listening in on our wonderful show today with Celine Byrne on how to be fit in pregnancy and after you've given birth to your child. We will be back here again next Thursday. We're going to have a really great show, so don't miss us. Bye-bye for now. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at knowledgeworkspub.com. Be sure to visit gotcancernowwhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? 